This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. It's once again exciting and a wonderful time to be with you in the new month of a new year and as we talk about new beginnings. So we are very, very privileged to have all guests of ours, of our first guests, and that's more than <laughs> and two and something a few months uh, old. So very, very welcome. What uh, be, do you mean two uh, and a uh, Years, that's all right. Sorry. <laughs> Ago. Ago, yes. <laughs> yeah, so we, we had seen them a few times. The first time when we just started the program like two and a half years ago, about two and a bit years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I think they were on the program a few times again. After that, yes. yes. Welcome, Mark and Nadine. Thanks, Thank you very much. Thanks, Suki. Mm. Thanks, Suki. So I don't know if they are old guests, right? I, I, I don't think they will like when we say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I can maybe, say we old. maybe old hands, but definitely not old guests. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much that um, you're willing to be with us again, especially today with this topic about new beginnings. And uh, yes, because it's still January, hey? It feels like we've been in it for a while. And maybe for us, for some of us, it doesn't feel so new anymore. But the the month of January, January is generally seen as a, a month of new beginnings. And the past few programs, we've spoken a lot about the excitement of the new and, you know, how happy we are and so on. But as we know, new is not always exciting. It's not always welcome. Mm. There are times when new can be hard, mm. uh, when it, it's new that we haven't chosen to, to the new, new situation to happen. Yes. And I think this is what you guys are in right now. Um, um, Suki, I, right? I, um, I also think this is the time where the New Year's resolutions mm. are being tested. And fading. Uh, <laughs> perhaps fading. Some of them perhaps are being kept still. Mm. But uh, that's also part of what we spoke about in the past, mm. about new beginnings. Right. But, Frederick, before we get into that, I just want to introduce them quickly. Makanadine Oosthuizen, um even though we had quite a few interviews with you, it doesn't mean people necessarily remember you or everybody listened. So um, they are from Nuertuk and they, um, they are the ministry leaders of the Celebrate Recovery Program in Nuertuk. And that has been going for quite a while. We often spoke about that as well. Um, but you guys are also in a bit of a different situation now with your children, right? Do you want to tell us about that? Um, and and. Besides that, they're also yes. managing their own business, eh? Mm, mm, that's right, of course. Mm. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Frederick and Suki. Uh, so a, a, a number of years ago, just before COVID, actually, our, our children mentioned their possibility of, of immigrating to Australia. Uh, initially, we were kind of shocked about that. And, mm. and, it, and uh, we, we didn't react too well initially, and we then prayed about it and felt, well, you know, if this is God's will for them, we need to let them go. And uh, we just we just thought, well, maybe the Lord is closing doors because COVID came and Australia closed their whole immigration department and nothing happened for at least two years, over two years. 
Um, but then they opened up again and our children did their application for, for immigration and they, they were accepted to, to, to move across to Australia. So that's been quite difficult for us. It's, it wasn't what we were hoping for, but we have decided that we will accept it if it's God's will. And we have prayed over and over that if it's God's will, it, it can happen. So that's, that's the one new beginning that we have had this year. So uh, that sounds a lot like the, the first line of the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Or in our case, in your case, we cannot change. <laughs> what do you say, Adine? Yes, <laughs> that is true. And, you know, ultimately, uh, that prayer is a prayer I pray daily. Mm. Um, and I find so much comfort in that and encouragement and yes. strength in that prayer. Um, but ultimately, what we want for our children um, is that they must be in the will of the Lord. Mm. And wherever that is, whatever that may look like, that is what we want, because if they're not in the will of God, nobody will be happy. They won't be happy. We won't be happy. People around them or circumstances. So we really do want them in the will of the Lord. So that's what we've rested in, mm. that this mm. must be the will of God, because so much prayer has gone into it. And then doors were flung open for them. They were invited mm. into the um, Sydney area, the New South Wales um, state and she got a fantastic job and yes doors were flung open and we could just see this must be God so I really have peace mm. about the fact that um, yeah. if it's the will of God I'm happy That's yes I'm of course you know <laughs> yeah my day-to-day -day life has, has changed this year will be different mm. but yeah mm. ultimately I rest in in his will Wow. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I think that is what what makes new beginnings always it's not always easy, hey. Sometimes we choose new beginnings and it's an exciting time and other times I mean there are many other things that are happening this year as well, but this is a one very big thing for you guys because you lived close to each other, you often visited together. And they would have spent time with spent the grandkids. Spent a lot of time with the grandkids. And that's why we wanted to talk about this because we think it's a very common theme for many South Africans, um, especially um, older, older people, um, maybe uh, that have grown up um, adult children, because so often we hear about people that are moving and that brings grief. There's mm. a lot of mm. grief. Mm. How do you guys deal with that? Mm. I think um, I'm in the denial stage of grief. Mm. <laughs> I sort of still feel they on holiday they're going to come back. Mm. Mm. Um, but yes, I mean, I've had lots and lots of tears about mm. it. But I think, you know, the big thing, Suki, is that we're not going to be part of each other's day-to-day -day lives exactly. anymore. Yes. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be called upon to go fetch one from school or to take one to the doctor or help me with this bit of homework, please, Omar. Or that day-to-day -day life, that has changed. Mm. We can go visit them. We've got... Um, social media, we've got phones, we can speak to them daily, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. um, the day-to-day -day lives have changed, and, yeah, and that's exactly. what's difficult and what we are going to learn how to cope with that.
Mm. Yeah. And then also part of that, that, that that's really, really hard. And I'm, I'm glad that you're so vulnerable and open about this because it's easy to brush it over and to say, yeah, that's fine. But like you say, it, it changes a big part of your life and it, things will be different. And that's exactly what we're talking about, about sometimes the new year brings um, situations that are being changed mm. and especially for people in recovery because as you know this program is for people with hurts, hang-ups and habits and many people that are struggling with some kind of addiction or a family member with an addiction and you guys also have a story of, of addiction um, so that's an added facet that has been thrown into your lives as well and I was thinking about the HALT uh, the acronym that we often speak about in this program that the H is for hungry, the A for angry, the L for lonely, the T for tired. And isn't it that inevitably there's some loneliness um, that comes with this whole um, change? Yes, of course. Uh, I will let Max speak just now. Mm. <laughs> it is. I mean, the loneliness is definitely going to be a big part of it. Mm. Uh, but when you say, I'm so glad you mentioned about the recovery. I think, well, I know, because we've been in recovery for a couple of years now, we've got the tools to cope so much better with this situation. Mm. I, I hate to think, if I, if I didn't have recovery, I, I probably would have been a mess now. Mm, mm, um, mm. Because recovery, especially going through the 12 steps, that has given me the tools to live my life mm. and it becomes a lifestyle. And because of that, I think I can cope with this in a much healthier way. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, yeah, so Mac, 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 I just want yes. to do. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you, Mac. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, we, we've been in recovery now for six years and, and we had, learn so many tools to live our life the way God wants us to. And, and you know, we faced many challenges in the last year. Besides our children now moving to, to Sydney, Australia, last year was an extremely challenging year for me in many ways. I had a, a very close friend that took his life early in the year, in March last year, and then in in, later in the year, our company went through some major changes of, of uh, changing our name and our brands, and that took a lot of challenges, and it and it took so much of our time and effort, um, and it was so daunting, and and it's so it, it was so scary going through something such big changes, oh. um, but. Now that we've gone through it, we, we realize it wasn't so difficult. And, and we really did use the tools that we had learned in the 12 steps by doing the, the going through those steps and learning how to live our life according to the way Jesus wants to. Those tools have really helped us to cope with, with my a, a dear friend's death and with um, so many tragedies that have happened in the last few years and with changing our company so, so massive changes that happen. And now with our children moving overseas, I, I really believe that we have got the peace and serenity that we wouldn't have had if we didn't have recovery in our lives. And I, I know that recovery has given us the serenity that we never had before and that it would have been so much more stressful. 
and yet we've been able to do it in in peace and and cope with it in in much better ways. So, so Mac, that that brings me to a very interesting or a point that I would like to ask you is. How would you? How did you cope before you were on a journey of recovery? But let's talk about that after the break. Welcome back, listeners. And um, we were ta- Mac was sharing with us about his experiences uh, with during recovery. But Mac, I wanted to know how did you handle things like you are busy going through at the moment with your business, um, with the children that have left away before. How, what would have happened before you were in recovery? Thanks for asking that, Frederick. You know, I used to, I used to absolutely go insane as far as trying to be in control, trying to manipulate everything to work. Um, mm. Instead of instead of surrendering and handing it over, I used to try and fix everything myself and. Uh, since I've been in recovery, I've learned that it's much easier rather to just surrender and hand it over to God and allow and just walk through processes like this with God instead of trying to fight through it myself. Mm. I used to get extremely frustrated and extremely worked up about things that go wrong. And then I would quite often in the past, I would act out on my addictions or mm. sexual addiction yeah. or pornography or just go down a road that was so unhealthy just to try and medicate my feelings mm. in that way. And nowadays, I rather turn to God and I turn to God's presence and God's serenity that helps me to cope with, with these new beginnings and these changes that happen. Uh, but those changes, I thank you very much, Mac, have not come in a month or two's time. You, how long have you been on a recovery journey? And also, why do you describe, just describe the journey a little bit, because I think some people are not always clear about what we mean with the word recovery. Okay, so, yeah, it's been about six years since since we've entered a, a journey of recovery. And what we mean by that is is that we, we enter, we, we attend rooms, 12-step program rooms, um, and in those rooms we learn to, to um, fellowship with other believers or other people that have had similar struggles to ours. And we share our struggles. We talk about what we're going through. We talk, we share our deepest issues, mm. the things that we struggle with the most. We open about it. And those, those 12 step rooms are so safe to share because there's anonymity and confidentiality are so vital and they just protect us. And we can talk about our issues. We find sponsors or accountability people that we can speak to and share our deepest issues. And that, and with that, we saw we build a new lifestyle of honesty and a new lifestyle of accountability. And we walk that lifestyle week by week um, and day by day. It becomes a moment by moment experience. It's not a one off experience, but it's a lifestyle that we learn. Mm. Yeah, thank you so much, Mac. And you know what I always say is and think is that we are so unique, uniquely made, knit together in 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 the in our womb of our mothers by God. So I was wondering, Adin, how did you experience uh, and how did you manage things before you started on a recovery journey? Oh. Um. That is a difficult question. <laughs> I almost don't want to look at that again, but 
Yeah, I think the way I would would have handled it is internalize everything, mm. just suppress all my feelings, mm. uh, suppress the feeling of loss, suppress the feeling of loneliness, suppress the feeling of um, of heartbreak, and I would work hard at whatever I'm doing in, in my work, in my job. I would just like go in overdrive and work hard and um, just put it behind me, try to mm. forget about it. Mm. Mm. And I think that's really how society in the past has taught me, you mm. know, put it mm. behind you, mm. move on. And, and they, then it just festers inside. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, you might not struggle with control, but I know that <laughs> many people might have want to influence their children's decision or getting them not to do what the, what they what they wanted to do. I think it, it's a big struggle for many parents, right, to let go and to um, not to want to try and influence them to rather stay. That is true, Suki. But I think what I've learned through the recovery what Mac also mentioned is the, the power in surrender mm. and for me there is no ways I would want to stand in the way of God mm. but that's and why I say maybe if you have not been in recovery but absolutely. yeah yes. part of the recovery process is the step step three is about surrender your will and your life to God and so I think that's uh, the part that really helps us to, uh, it's a very structured program to try and help us. That gives us the tools to to lay down our lives and to, to surrender to God's will. Hey, But I think it's, it's really, really hard for people who are not in that process might handle it very different, differently. Absolutely. I'm just thankful to Jesus that he's brought this recovery program our way so that I can add the tools because it's all based on on the Sermon on the Mount, really. So it all is biblical. It, it, it's in the Bible, but we sometimes go read the Bible and don't see all those practical tools that's there for us. And what recovery is that is just highlighted all those tools that oh. are in the Bible. Mm. So I'm very grateful. For mm. that. Very mm. grateful. Mm. I think very often there's such a reluctance uh, for us that are struggling with a hurt, a hang-up, or a habit, or an addiction to get to the point where we actually start this journey. Um, and we know that step one tells us that uh, we came to admit that we are powerless over our lives and that our lives had become unmanageable. But it's so difficult to get to that point. And there are not many, if we think of, if I think of the many, many sex addicts that are just in in Cape Town and or maybe just in one, one city, a person wonders why are there only so few people that are in recovery? And um, yeah, I was, I, I'm busy reading the One Year Bible, and um, I saw that um, the the curse that God put onto onto people after the fall was that the woman would want to control her husband, and that the husband would rule over uh, uh, the, his wife. And so, how how did you guys experience or think about about that part? 
Um, yeah, Frederick, that's quite <laughs> quite a difficult one. But yeah, you know, I, I think I used to be the one that was really in control and trying to control Adin. And I think that she kind of submitted and she had, her understanding of submission wasn't the, what uh, the biblical way. It was more just totally being suppressed. Mm. So, and I would try to control in that way. Um, but, you know, I think recovery has helped us to cope with the situations that were so much more difficult that we that we would have turned to other ways to try and, and try and deal with. Um, thank you so much for that, Mark. Maybe just that our time is almost up. So if you could just quickly just tell people um, if they would like to be part, because maybe some people are hearing it and they say, what is the Celebrate Recovery? I'd like to be part of it. What could they do if they would like to do that? Okay, thanks, Suki. You know, Celebrate Recovery is a, a, a fantastic program, a Bible-based, biblical-based, Christ-based uh, recovery program that, that we would like to see run in many churches. It's only run in a few churches in Cape Town at the moment, but we do believe that during this year, many new churches are going to open up. And if you want your church to open up to Celebrate Recovery, or if you want to join a Celebrate Recovery group, there are, are online groups that are happening from Cape Town as well as in-person meetings. And you can make contact with us and we will put you in contact. And, and really, if you want to get into recovery, this is a great way of doing it because it's if you're a Christian and many of us as Christians do struggle with issues. I know I was a church leader for many years and struggled and struggled, but the church didn't have the, the tools for me. And mm. now with Celebrate Recovery, I found the tools that can help us you know, to recover from all these issues that we have. Right, right. And uh, people can get in contact uh, with you through K-Pulpit. So mm -hmm. if they've forgotten about the information, uh, call K-Pulpit call or com communicate with them uh, or with us at um, Frederick Suki at kpulpit.co.za. And um, if you've come halfway through the program and you want to listen to it, you're very welcome to download the podcast also at kpulpit.co.za um, forward slash podcast forward slash into me see. And we talk about intimacy. Mm. Thank you very much, listeners, for being with us. And thank you so much, Mac and Nadine, for, for sharing so vulnerably with us. Mm. Till next time, God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.